Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a childhood friend of mine. We went to middle school together, and we're going to talk about her journey to sobriety. Miss Carrie Grooms, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, James. Oh, first of all, listen, it's an honor and a pleasure. Anytime I can catch up with somebody that I can go back almost 30 years with, it's always an honor and pleasure. True, true. <laughs> first of all, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little sleepy, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. First of all, let me, the way we, like I said in the intro, we talked about you being sober. So before we do anything, let me congratulate you on that. Thank you. Thank you. What, what made you decide to share that with the world? Because let's be honest, a lot of people, even when they become sober, they don't necessarily share it with social media. So what made you decide to share it? Initially, it was just for my friends and family because I hadn't spoke to so many people. And instead of me calling each person and a lot of people I hadn't spoke to even before um, I, I stopped drinking, I wanted to let them know what had been going on. And also, I figured it may help somebody. I was hoping it would help somebody along their journey. I had family who's still struggling with alcohol. And um, I don't know. I keep keep them updated for, like, hope. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, how long, how long have you been going through this journey? Sobriety? Yeah. Five years. Wow. September 6th. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Uh, was there a particular moment or an event that inspired you to say, you know what, I need to get sober? I almost died. Oh. My health. I got really, really sick. And I was given like three months to live. Oh. And for me, that was like, I don't know. You know, I think I was scared. I was scared of getting sober. And then what keeps me from doing it is just the fear of going back. Because I was miserable. I was miserable. You were miserable drinking? By the time I got sick. Now, initially, it was like a relationship. It started off good. You know, I liked it. I started young. Now, I was probably 15, 16 when I started drinking. And that was like hanging out. And then it just became a habit. And over the years, it became, you know, I relied on it for everything. And so by the time I got sick, that was probably, I actually got sick in 2017. And then I quit for a few months and then went back. And then in 2018 is when I um, went into the hospital with cirrhosis, liver cirrhosis. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So when hmm. I say I was sick, I was sick years before I, I was admitted into the hospital. I, and I was sick physically, but I was also tired of drinking. But it became it actually became a part of my routine. I relied on it. And by the time I wanted help, I was physically dependent on it. So, yeah. Wow. So, cirrhosis at 11? How, like, how old were I'm you? Trying to, <laughs> I was only, so that was five years ago. I'm 43, so math it up. But I had started drinking so early. And then probably the last three years, I was drinking daily. And probably from the time that I got up into the time that I went to bed. So honestly, I'm surprised I made it as long as I did without having any problems because I was drinking a lot. And a lot of people didn't know because I went to work, you know what I mean? I still functioned up until the last year I was still working. So 
a lot of people didn't know I drank as much as I did. So when I fell off and people just didn't know where I was, they didn't know what happened. So that's why I started posting stuff just to let people know what was going on for one. Um, and then just to keep them updated. You said you had your first drink at, you said 15? No, well, that's not the first time I tasted it. My father actually let me taste a beer, I think, when I was, I had to be in elementary school. I was probably five or six. But, you know, I was like, ew, daddy, I'll never drink. And probably, I think, 14, I tasted alcohol. Um, but around 15, I started to experiment. Me and my friends would hang out and we would taste. And I liked how it made me feel because I was always insecure. And it made me feel like I just didn't care. So I liked that feeling. And so it can, it became kind of like, it helped me navigate the social world because I, I was never really a social type of person. I was very shy and it made me more outgoing. Um. So... So you were, so when you say you were insecure, you're talking about like socially or? Socially, physically, all of that, you know. I mean, as a teenager, as a young child, I was, you know, heavy because before I drank to cope with stuff, I ate, you know. So it was like I just switched, switched because, you know, you get made fun of as a kid and you realize, well, it's not okay to be heavy. So that's not going to work, Carrie. So I lost weight, but I still had these insecurities. And so when I started drinking, it was like the insecurities left. At least when I was drinking, you know, I could go into any room and it didn't bother me. Did you lose the weight as a teenager or as you got older? A teenager. Okay. A teenager. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm stuck at cirrhosis. I know. A lot of people are like, what? But I had pancreatitis the year before. So I had warnings. Like my father, when I say my father, I'm talking about the most high. He was giving me warnings. And um, I actually tried to quit. I made it two, I think two and a half months, almost three months. But I was experiencing so much pain because I had tore my body up so much. I had neuropathy from my nose to my toes. So, what is neuropathy? I'm sorry. I don't even know what that is. It's nerve damage. A lot of diabetics get it. It causes pins and needles, fire. It's very painful. And I didn't realize I drank so much. I didn't realize I had it. I didn't know what I had did to my body. So when I got sober those two months, I the pain was excruciating. And so I ended up eventually, I think it was on Thanksgiving, taking a taste. And I thought I could go back and just take a shot and I'd be okay. But I ended up going back just as hard as I was when I quit. Now Which this at is that 19... point, that, that was in 2017. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. And so I went back and I started drinking just as heavy. Because, it, you know, I wasn't one of them people who could have one drink. I wanted the whole bottle. Oh. And, um, yeah. And so it helped with the pain, the physical pain. And I was going to try to get off of it. But my body was already starting to shut down. You know, pancreatitis was the warning. And so I made it to, Sept well, I stopped September 6th. And I went to the hospital, I think, maybe the 17th or 18th. But even when I stopped, it wasn't by choice. I just physically couldn't consume it no more. I couldn't hold anything down. You're talking so, about the second time? Yeah, the second time. 2018? Yep. Okay. Yep. Physically, I just couldn't consume it anymore. Um, Were you? Then, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No, because go ahead. I was gonna say, like, um, did you have like family and friends like around when you was going through like all these ailments and stuff? 
Yeah, but because you know, you talking about with the cirrhosis or before, like all the stuff leading up to. Because leading <laughs> up to it, I had stuff going on, but in my heart, I knew what it was. Okay. But I would go to the doctors and they would diagnose me or give me something for this or they tested me. Like my body was literally shutting down. So they thought I had lupus at one point. I was diagnosed with thyroid, hypothyroidism. I had all these things going on, which I knew in my heart. I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm a healthy person. You know, I knew that. And I knew that if I quit this, most of the stuff would clear up. My skin was breaking out. Everything was shut. My hair was falling out. But they were treating everything and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking into account what it really was. And I wasn't being honest either with the doctors. You know, I have a couple drinks on the weekend. And then at the end, I, I mean, closer to the end, I started being more honest. But I knew all along what was causing the problem. So people were around and they knew I had stuff going on. And I had back problems, too. So um, a lot of that contributed, contributed to the drinking, too, because of the pain. So. People were around. They just didn't know how serious it was. Nobody really knew except for my close family. And they didn't know until I went to the hospital with cirrhosis because I didn't I didn't even tell my son about the pancreatitis or anything because I just didn't want people to worry. And I thought I could I thought at some point I would quit and I could get it together. But it didn't happen that way. How would you describe your social circle around the times you was drinking? Drinkers. Literally everybody I hung out with drank, and those who I didn't drink with, I didn't see as often. And so they really fell off later on. And then even the people I drank with, I didn't hang out with as much because I started to become one of the people who could drink in the house. I drank when I got bored. I drank when I was happy, when I was sad. It was like, it was, you know, and I stopped wanting to go out because I didn't want to get a DUI. I don't know how in all the years I hung out, I didn't get one, but, um, I didn't want to worry about that. I didn't want people to see me because at that point, physically, I wasn't looking well. I was bloated at the end. It was, yeah. Yeah. What would you What would you say the hardest part for you was getting sober? Oh, wow. It wasn't the physical dependency. It was the mental it was the mental side getting used to not having it is a crutch. It was like a bad breakup. Oh. It really was because everybody around me drank. So it wasn't like I was tempted to drink after I stopped drinking, but it was always in my face. So oh. mentally, I couldn't run. I couldn't hide behind alcohol anymore. I had to face everything. And that oh, was so even the people around you were still drinkers. Oh, yeah. I mean, my ex who I was living with, I came home from the hospital after having cirrhosis and there was alcohol on the dining room table, bottles from a party. And we had a bar in the basement. And I remember that being a, a argument because I just didn't understand why I was there. So, yeah, I mean, it was around me. It's been around me since I quit. But, you know. And and you do does you do you have a family history of alcohol or? Yeah, my dad drank. My brother passed from it in 2020. My dad finally quit, but when he finally quit, it was because he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and he was worried about it progressing faster, so he stopped. But he drank my whole life. 
He would take breaks, though. He would take a year or two off where I couldn't do that. You know, my breaks in the beginning was just work. You know, I would do it on the weekends. But as I got older, the breaks became fewer. You know what I mean? So. And you said you said your brother passed away. Yeah, he passed in 2020 from complications. How old was your brother? He was 46. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. And he tried. He did the the rehabs and stuff like that, but you know, I can't speak for him, but I think he kind of lost hope. Mm. And at a certain point, you don't really want you. Th well, at least I thought I didn't want to live anymore, so I knew how he felt. But it wasn't until I, you know, was met with the the reality that if I didn't quit, I was going to die. And at that point, I didn't even know if quitting would help because, they, you know, they made it sound so bleak. I was so sick. But I realized I didn't want to die. And you, you so, said you said you, you didn't want to, at one point, you did not want to live? No, you know, because you get so sick. And liquor, you know, they call it spirit for a reason. So you're dealing with these spirits and you're dealing with things in your head telling you you're not worth living. And I wanted to quit, but I just couldn't. I didn't want to tell somebody and people around me knew I drank, you know what I mean? Was you know, my whole family knew everybody knew I drank, but they didn't know I was as sick as I was. Right. And it, it fueled anything that was negative because once it stopped being good, it fueled all the, the dark thoughts and the unworthiness and you feel guilty because you don't want to come around. So, yeah, I thought I wanted to die. I used to think I used to get drunk and wish I would die and in the morning. Like, oh, father, no, you know, but I thought that until I faced it. And then it was like, no, nah, you know, I wasn't ready. So and that's what keeps me sober now, honestly, just because I know I don't call myself alcoholic because I don't drink anymore and I don't claim stuff. But I know that I have addictive tendencies. And so. I wouldn't even risk it. it. Honestly, it doesn't tempt me. And I had to pray over that because I was scared. Initially, I I was so sick that the thought of it kept me from it. It made me nauseous thinking about it. But once all that went away and I started to physically get better and I started hanging out again, I was fearful. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. What if something happens? What if somebody dies and when my brother passed, I didn't have alcohol. But I, surprisingly, I just wasn't tempted. I think it made me even more. Um, I think it made me more adamant about staying on the track because of his he had kids and you know, I didn't want them to see or to go through. I didn't want my son to go through what they were going through. It was just an awful experience losing him. So I didn't want my family to have to go through it again with me. So yeah. How old is your son? Twenty three. Does he drink? He's never drank. Okay. He doesn't smoke. And I remember asking him, I was like, do you think you'll drink? He was like, I don't want to drink. It's poison. Yeah. And it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. So you're, you're but sorry. I didn't like to drink around him, though. So it wasn't like, you know what I mean? I drank or I didn't drink around him. When he was with his dad was when I would get it in heavy. You know what I mean? Okay. Because your, your son actually reminds me of, he reminds me of myself because it's just so ironic. My my father, the reason this conversation was so, you know, I wanted to have it so much is because 
like I told you, my father was an alcoholic and he had cirrhosis of the leather, but he he passed. And just hearing wow. you talk about your um son, like that's 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 how I am. Like I don't drink at all because it the men like it wasn't just my father, it was the men all like I'm pretty like I can't say 100 percent sure, but pretty much all of them were drinkers and heavy drinkers. And my father, just my experience with my father, my father, he even, I didn't see him. Like my father, we we really saw each other mostly on the weekends. We talked all the time, but we, right. we, we would see each other mainly on weekends. And I can't really recall ever seeing my father have a drink. Um, So he didn't do it around me. Right. But I, I've always just looked at alcohol as like poison. And it it tastes absolutely disgusting, like yeah, it's like the yeah. worst taste. And I and even and even when I talk to people who drink, they'll even say, "Yeah, it doesn't taste good." So I'm like, well, "Oh, you know, that's crazy." I used to tell people all the time. I hated the way alcohol tasted. I would only drink it with water, but I never drink mixed drinks really because I didn't want prolong. I hated the taste. I just liked the feeling. Uh, I never liked the alcohol t- alcohol tasted. <laughs> see that to me is so like that's one of the craziest things like most people do not like the taste but they they just love the it's way the it feeling. feels yeah yeah and even when I first tasted it my dad gave it to me I was like it's gross and I'll never do that but see I was the opposite I would see my dad on the weekends and in the summer times and he was partying on the weekends uh, so he would be you know I'm talking about nice nights. And it it was so, I would get so angry. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I'll never drink. I'll never drink. But he always seemed like he was having fun. And I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. So I don't know how, how it works. But my mom was a, she never drank. She worked. She was a teacher. And she always seemed to be stressed. And I would come down and my dad would come down to Virginia because he was in Virginia. And he would be so happy and carefree and I don't know if subconsciously I was like well I want to kind of try to see what it is you know because he ain't never you know what I mean yeah he always seemed like he's having a good time mom always seemed stressed and tired and I don't know but once I got hold of it honey mm-hmm. didn't let go man did, have you and your father ever had a conversation about it we did but once we started really talking it was like when he got further along in all timers, but we talked about it and he would just say, you know, you gotta he would say the same thing because he took breaks. He was like, you gotta take a you gotta take a break. Cause you know we don't like to, you know, we don't like to have one drink. But yeah. even when he got <laughs> even when he got sick, he would try to get me to go get him some liquor when, <laughs> when yeah. he got uh, further along in all times. I would tell him like daddy, I don't drink no more. And he's like yeah, you do. I'm like, no, nah, I don't drink no more. But he would always encourage me, even with all time. And he would say, well, that's good. That's good. That's real good, Karen. Because you know, you can't. we can't just have one take. <laughs> one yeah. take. Man, that's... So, how many... So, your social circle now, because, I mean, I, like you say, you don't get tempted. Like, what is your social circle like now? I have a mix. I have friends who don't drink, and I have friends who drink but I don't have anyone around me now who 
drinks like how I used to drink. The people I used to hang around all the time, it was drinking for everything we did. You know what I mean? We go out to the movies, we got drinks. We went shopping, we got drinks. You get what I mean? Uh-huh. So I can go to dinner with somebody and have wine, and it's not a problem. And most and, and most people have been respectful, you know, especially earlier on. They ask, is it okay, Carrie? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't mind if someone drinks, but for me, if it's your life and if I know you have a problem or if it's, I don't know, it's harder for me to be around it. Not because I feel like I'm at risk, but it's hard for me to watch people deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Especially seeing what I've been through, people close to me and seeing what my brother went through. It's almost like it's frustrating to me now, you know? Yeah. But I also know you got to do it in your own time. You can't make nobody change. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can you ever think of a time you went out and you had a really good time and no alcohol was involved? A couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You know what? Before, oh, you okay. mean you mean before? Be- right before you became before you got. Oh sober. no, 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 no. Probably. Really early on when I was going to clubs when I was maybe 15, 16, um, before I started drinking more regularly. But no, I always drank. Everything me and my friends did involved a drink. Not necessarily all of them had to be drinking, but I was going to have a drink. So no, honestly, I can't. Not sober. But now you, you said a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I went out and I had a great time. And I love being aware <laughs> and remembering stuff you know what I mean but before I felt like I had to have that to feel comfortable and now I realize I did because I was in places I wasn't supposed to be I was around people I wasn't supposed to be around so the alcohol it numbed me it didn't just numb my body it numbed my senses it numbed my intuition because when I got sober I realized I was around a whole lot of people I didn't really necessarily care for <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like, we didn't have that much in common we only thing we had in common was the liquor. Man. And that's crazy because my life has changed in every aspect. It's like nothing is the same. Literally nothing is the same. My circle is shrunk. You said what? How does that make you feel? Now it's a blessing. Now I can appreciate it. Now I know that it's what had to happen, but it was painful. Okay. It was like literally everything dying and changing at once for years because it wasn't like an overnight process. I had to let friendships go, relationships, you know, places, things, things that I did that I thought I liked. I didn't like that shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really like doing that. I just like getting drunk and hanging out, but I didn't necessarily like what I was doing. I had to, I had to get to know myself again. Wow, wait a minute. What, you I had to get to know myself again because the liquor ran the show, you know what I mean? Whatever, you know, I thought I liked certain things. I thought I liked doing certain things, but I started drinking so young that I never really got to know who Carrie was and what Carrie wanted. So, hmm. yeah, I had to relearn everything. I had to relearn how to deal with people. It was hard for me to go out for a long time. Because I just didn't know how to manage people and their issues. And 
people were really comfortable giving me their problems. And when I was drinking, I didn't mind hearing people's problems. But when I got sober, it was like, hold up, I need some time for Carrie. Yeah. I didn't realize how much people relied on me for emotional stuff. And so it was overwhelming, too. At times, it was overwhelming. Because I had to deal with things that I hadn't dealt with emotionally. Losses. You know? Yeah. I was drinking everything away. Oh, I thought I was, you know, tucking it away. Yeah, I mean, like most people, just drinking a mask. mask yeah, and making it worse. Mm. As it was a lot of guilt. Yeah, it was crazy. Guilt over. Now the... I appreciate it. That I appreciate it now. What were you what, saying? What was the guilt over? Just time I missed with people. Um, not showing up how I could have shown up, okay. you know. Okay. And the worry, like having my parents worry, not, not not so much my dad because once I got sick, he was already later and all in his dealing with Alzheimer's, but more so my mother because it worried her because she saw my health decline and just for taking people through that with me because it's not just hard on you, it's hard on the family, you know. Yeah. Did you did you ever go to any like um therapy or anything? So after I got out of the hospital, probably a year after, because initially I was just trying to make sure I was alive. It was like the physical was my focus. So mm-hmm. probably the first year and a half, I just focused on that, and then I went into therapy, and that helped me to manage um some of the mental things that I was dealing with, but. I never did AA. I never tried AA. And I actually was going to try AA right before COVID hit. But that came. Okay, you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I had lost you for a minute. You were saying you was going to try COVID. I mean, you was going to try AA, but COVID happened. Yeah, so I never went to AA. And I was only going to AA because like my therapist was suggesting it and when I would go to different doctors, they would ask, so, you know, everybody was like, how are you doing this, Carrie? And I would tell them how, you know, just praying and focusing on my health. And they all suggested, well, maybe you should try just in case. So it wasn't like I wanted to go, but I was going to go just to see, to give it a try. But it it never worked out. When COVID hit, they had stopped in-person meetings. And I was like, I'm not sitting on a computer. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even when I talk to people now who are struggling, I'm like, don't be opposed to it. It may help you because it could have, it might have made it easier for me because it wasn't easy. But... Yeah, no, I didn't go ahead. No, you you talk you talked about your relationship with God. You talk about it quite often, which is great. What during that time you were drinking? What was your relationship with God like at that time? Uh, well, you know, it changed throughout the years, but I never was. I I always knew there was something, but I was never sure on the details. Right, so when things would get bad, I would pray. Um, but I was never close to the most high. And then when I got really sick, I would pray every day that I would be able to quit. I would pray that I wouldn't lose my life before I was able to quit. I would pray that I wouldn't lose my job, but my relationship wasn't what it is now. And honestly, it wasn't until I got out of the hospital and I guess, I guess that was my rock bottom and I didn't have anything else to turn to. And so I had this heavy, heavy um, 
I don't know. I guess it was on my spirit to get saved. I didn't know the details. I, you know, I didn't believe necessarily everything that I was hearing in the church, but I'd had that feeling once before when I was 23. And I remember knowing that if I did it, my whole life was going to change. And I chose not to do it because I didn't want to lose my friends. I didn't want to stop drinking. I didn't, you know, and I didn't know what I know now, but I knew that if I did what my father wanted me to do, that my life was going to change. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good on that. So when I got that feeling again, it was right before my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, father, I, you know, I was scared. I remember talking to the pastor at the church I was visiting. I was like, I'm scared. I'm going to get hit by a lightning bolt. I don't know, you know. You know, I just, you know, but I had this urge and that was right before COVID, uh, right before the church is shut down. And I said, he said, well, you can wait, Karen. I said, no, nah, this feeling I got, if I don't do it now, I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. And literally two weeks later, the churches and everything shut down. So. What what was it like for you during COVID? Because that was a very stressful time. Oh, man. I was so grateful. I was so, oh, it was stressful. It was stressful. But I was so grateful. I knew. If I hadn't quit, well, I probably would have died before then the way my health was, but it would have been even worse because I watched so many people, their drinking habits increased during that time. You know what I mean? Mm. And I was so grateful I didn't have that. And I and I'm it's a blessing. It helped me get through. Having my P's and my Q's. And now that I know what I know, I needed my instinct. I needed to know what was going on. I couldn't just brush what was going on to the side and that's what I would do with drinking like oh it'll be okay in the morning now, I had to be aware I need to pay attention Carrie what's happening in the world something's going on your father wants you to see something and so he got me in line right in time mm. so it wasn't hard with me as far as drinking um but I I recognized during it I, I would always tell people I'm so grateful I'm not drinking because it would be crazy you know what I mean okay. it would have been crazy if I was still drinking would I would have been dead. Honestly, I would have been dead. It wouldn't have mattered. But what was you saying? How would you describe your relationship with God now? My best friend. It's my best friend. <laughs> 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 like, literally. Literally. Brought me through everything. Mm. Through everything. And the whole time, it's crazy now because I can look back and see how he was there. But it was there the whole time. It was just me. He was just waiting on me. So now I wouldn't change it for the world. And I ain't feeling I ain't finna turn into no pillar of salt looking back. <laughs> so that's why I, <laughs> another re- that's another reason why I won't take another drink because he brought me out of that and he healed my liver. I had a biopsy done when I had my I had my gallbladder removed this past November and they did a biopsy of my liver because they was next door. So he was like, let's just see how you're doing. Cause I was doing good on paper, my blood and everything was perfect. Wow. I, you know, I didn't have any more. It was like, everybody's like, you're a miracle. You're a miracle. But the doctor was like, we just want to see for sure. Because, you know. So they went in and they tested. And I was like, maybe best case scenario, it may be, it, it might have regressed to fibrosis, you know, or fatty liver. But they went in and they couldn't find anything, James. So I know what he can do. Wow. That is a miracle. The whole time, like when I got out of the hospital and I started walking, I started talking to him because my it had to build a relationship just like you do with everybody else. I had to learn how to trust him. Mm-hmm. But he put it on my heart. I'm going to heal you. I just didn't know to what extent. And that's when I tell you when he go above and beyond. 
there's like no way I can turn back, you know? Do you ever, Then you got do you, me all sappy. huh? You got me over here getting all sappy, but go ahead. Oh, no, you, <laughs> you, do you, do you ever share your story with people or? To people who asked about it, but like, honestly, I was surprised you wanted to speak about it because for me, it's just my life, you know, it's not an, you know, a special story, but I've had doctors who suggest me speaking to people. I just don't know how I would even go about starting that because for a long time, honestly, I couldn't even talk about it without crying. Even now I'll get emotional, but you know, it was so I don't know. It was so I was still so sensitive about everything. Yeah. But I talked to my family, I talked to my friends, I talked to people, but I don't push it on people. And a lot of times people are just surprised about my story because if you met me now, you would know, you know, I don't drink, but people from my past know, but they're surprised. But I wouldn't mind talking to people about it. It's just, you know, it was hard for a long time. I couldn't even talk to my family about it without getting so choked up that I couldn't even finish the story, you know? Yeah, I think I, like so. I can I can say this: talking to you, um, actually is a really good thing because I never really my, me and my father used to talk, but my father my father died when I was twenty nine, and wow. I wasn't I wasn't the man who I am today, and we couldn't we couldn't really have a a deep conversation because I don't know if either one of us knew how to have it like the questions right. i have now i don't i didn't have them back then like i just understood that my father he was a drinker and that's just what it was I, that's all i've known my whole life so when he did get sick and he did pass away like as i got older i had so many questions that i wanted to ask but it was just too late so yeah You know, it would have been it would have been great to see him overcome that struggle of alcohol, but you know, like so many, he didn't. Right. And, you know, it's a, but it's it's truly a blessing to talk to somebody who did the cirrhosis of the liver, like everything. So for you to overcome that, you know, by the grace of God and God's healing powers. Like it's really a blessing. It's an honor to talk to you. Like, and I truly mean that because, yeah, because that like this is a this is something that I'm really. Um, it's always interesting to me when I talk to people who battle with um being with alcohol it, because it, it's some I guess because I'm always in like a I'm always calm. I'm all like that's just how I am. Right. So. just needed something to put me in that calm state it, it, it just it's just something that I can't think about but so yeah. many people do it and so many people you know alcohol like I said earlier it masks a lot of issues people who drink through a lot of issues yeah so I'm just glad that you know you was able to you know recognize that that you needed to stop and You know, by the grace of God, you got the strength to stop because that's a lot. <laughs> oh, that was nothing but the most high because I swear I was so scared. And this would be my fifth year. And I remember them saying, and most women, well, don't give me the state and statistics now, but just from what my doctors say, a lot of women go back to drinking. I don't know if it's the stress or what, but 
I was worried about how I would deal with like my year four and five because the further I got from being ill, you know, I thought the temptation would come, but literally he took it away. Mm. He took it away. I can see it. It don't bother me. You know, I don't desire that feeling anymore. Even when I think back on my times, like hanging out and, you know, what I considered fun and it was okay, but nothing about it makes me want to go back. It's like once you really, once you get out of a relationship and you realize like, what was I doing dating that person? It's that kind of thing. Ugh, you know? Is it, is it safe to say you at peace now? Hallelujah. Yes, (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And that's what I was looking for the whole time. And I didn't know. I was looking for it, like the song say, in all the wrong places. You know, it was relationships. At first, when I was little, it was food. Then it was dudes. And then it was, you know, liquor. And the whole time, it was all I needed was him. So now that you found that piece, describe how you feel. Really, it's freedom. Mm. It's freedom. Not having to rely on anything. Not to be dependent on anything. I literally used to hate getting up in the morning and not wanting to drink, but knowing if I didn't, I was going to start having tremors, you know? Mm-hmm. Just being at peace is bit Really, it's the freedom. It's the freedom. Okay. Not caring what people think. I was always insecure. Yeah, no, it's the freedom. And that's what I mean. Once you get it, and I worked for the freedom, I worked for my peace, I worked for my joy. I ain't finna get that up for nobody. Definitely not a drink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hate. You. I definitely hate. You. I wanna, I wanna end it with this. Uh, mm-hmm. You're doing great. Thank God, you got a new lease on life. Great, great looking liver for what the doctors say. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is exciting you the most now about moving forward? Really, it's just, I'm going to be honest with you, experiencing life now sober is exciting to me. Things that I, traveling, I hadn't traveled sober, you know what I mean? Even traveling now is exciting to me, not just necessarily because of where I'm going, but doing things now and being more present. I'm looking forward to watching my son grow up and hopefully being around and being healthy for him. And getting to know myself better and and working more on what I love now, what I want to do and it's almost like I got a second chance at life, James. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, you know, you hear people sick and if I had a chance, he gave me another chance. So literally getting up in the morning is exciting to me. You know what I'm saying? I wake up in the morning, I see the sunshine. And I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Because I know it all could have been different. So I'm just looking forward to whatever he has, whatever plan he has for me. I'm going to do. Wow. And if it's speaking to people, that's what it is. You know, if it's music, that's what it is. If it's just being here to show my family that, you know, they don't have to necessarily take the route that they're taking, then it, you know. But I'm excited because whatever I do with him, I'm good now. I'm not scared of stuff. I used to be so scared of everything, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, I truly, truly thank you for sharing your story with me. I really appreciate your transparency. And I really congratulate you for um, taking this battle head on with the help of God and 
Now you're doing sober, you're at peace, you're happy, you're healthy. And I pray that you just continue to move forward in a beautiful way. Oh, thank you, James. I appreciate you having me. Definitely. Because you know, because you know I was (laughs) (laughs) see, you was all nervous and everything went fine. (laughs) Well, see, I just didn't want to say nothing. I was worried about, you know what I mean? I just didn't want to say nothing inappropriate. But no. But like I said, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm sure that helped somebody. And again, I just wish you all the best moving forward. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate the support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lent. My Facebook is also conversations with Lent. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.